All right, now here's the problem. It's below freezing everywhere. It's 30 degrees here on Main Street. Wyndham Airport at 9 was 25. Bradley was 26 degrees. And we had readings in some cases in the teens outside of town this morning. 19 in Hampton, 16 in Willington, which has gone up now to uh, 28 degrees. Uh, But we've had a little bit of sleet falling. Had some snow earlier, now some sleet. And there's some rain coming in. It's uh, come through New Haven. It's raining in New Haven right now. It's kind of lined up on the I-91 corridor. So now you're going to get rain falling on pavement that is below freezing. Connect the dots on that one. So there might be some driving issues around here. When that rain begins to fall in the next hour or so, in addition to the sleet that's been falling already this morning. But it won't last too long, but hopefully the mercury will climb before the steadier rain shows up. So just be conscious of that. If you're going to be going out, you might want to hold off until the afternoon, if you can do that, to wait until the rain has freed up, and the road crews have a chance to do their thing. We had 24 in Mansfield. It's up to 30 in stores, 31 in Coventry, 25 in Lebanon, and 28 degrees. The report from Willington this morning. Today is National Weather Persons Day, celebrating human forecasters. So feel free to hug any forecaster you know or even send expensive gifts. They will be appreciated. Although you really can't hug weather people right now, you know, social distancing and keep your distance and whatever the case is. All righty. Well, on today's date in 2001, we got 14 inches of snow around here. In 1926, Boston got 13.2. And in 1998, there was flooding in California triggered by some El Nino-related precipitation. And then there was the blizzard of 78, which began on yesterday's date. I'll make that tomorrow's date in 1978. One of our regular listeners said, Ella... Saved my life by closing the roads during that blizzard. I had been working three jobs and had twice fallen asleep at the wheel. Without that break, who knows what would have happened. Remember Dr. Mel, the old TV weather forecaster? He used to have a column in The Current, and I'm going to read this until the lieutenant governor calls. She's due to call right now. But he called it a snowy memory. During an early February weekend in 1978, I once borrowed my daughter's Snoopy bag and packed it in anticipation of another overnight or two stay at the weather station. This sleepover was brought about by a threatening blizzard which turned into the crowning jewel of a winter few would forget. The harsh weather of that season was a little late in arriving, but it did find us by January 13th. An ice and snowstorm occurred then. It was followed by several inches of snow four days later. Then a brief thaw set the stage for more than a foot of snow on the 18th and 19th. The weight of the wet snow and ice became far too great for the 2.5-acre roof of the Hartford Civic Center, and the roof collapsed. This heavy snowstorm wasn't going to be the season's last. During 1978, a new advanced computer forecasting model became operational, and as early as February 3rd, it was cooking up a large storm of the Bahamas and projecting that the storm would move northward, mixed with cold air and turn into a blizzard. It certainly did, and I'll stop the story now because the lieutenant governor is on the line this morning. But the bottom line is that uh, not only do we get all that snow from the 20th, which brought down the Civic Center roof in 1978, but we also had massive flooding a week later that melted all that snow. So when the blizzard of 78 began on tomorrow's date, it began with a clean slate. I am delighted to be joined again this morning by Lieutenant Governor Susan Bysowich. The governor was on early this morning, but he wasn't in Wyndham. But the lieutenant governor is going to be at Wyndham Hospital later on this morning. Susan, good morning. Thanks for joining me today. What are you doing at Wyndham Hospital? 
Good morning, Wayne. Nice to be with you. And I will be at Wyndham Hospital to uh, check out your vaccination clinic that is specifically for people 75 and, and older. And Wyndham Hospital has been doing a fantastic job. As of February 2nd, they have administered um, about 2,400 doses of the vaccine. So they're doing a fantastic job, and I'm going to come out and see it. So is this part of a lieutenant governor tour? You go around to vaccination sites and hospitals throughout the state? So, uh, yes, whether it's hospitals or community health centers. Earlier this week, I was in Norwich at their community health center, uh, and yesterday I was in Meriden. Um, and what's interesting is to learn what, what strategies communities are using to get the most people vaccinated. And uh, one of the really key things is when you go for your first dose, there is a lot of stress around gee, it was so hard to get that appointment. Can I get a second appointment? And what's really smart is a lot of communities will go ahead and schedule that second dose appointment for you when you go for your first dose. And then a couple days before, you'll get a reminder call. So I think this is really, really important, especially for seniors who may not have Internet access or have had difficulty using the VAMS system. Of that nearly 2,500, the vaccine distribution at Wyndham Hospital, is that primarily or maybe entirely 75-plus and first responders? So um, 1,497 of those are first doses for 75 and up, and then the rest are health care workers and folks who are in the 1A category. Um, So right now, Wyndham has done 35.7% of their senior population, uh, which is good. Statewide, we've done 50% of our 75 and older population. So I have a feeling this clinic that um, Wyndham Hospital is having today is going to make a big dent and will be getting Wyndham closer to getting um, a good chunk of their seniors vaccinated. All right, so we're below the curve. This is not good. We want to get up to those other statewide numbers. What is the message that you have for folks at this point in time, 75 and older, to get them vaccinated to make the process as easy as possible? To please um, make sure that you give your your local health department a call because a lot of health departments have stepped up um, and senior centers have stepped up to help people make appointments. So if you haven't gotten an appointment yet, please make one today. Uh, contact your local health department because If you have an appointment that's a week or two out, um, you could possibly get in before that because some municipalities are making lists in case they have cancellations. So if you don't have an appointment, please make one today. And the beautiful thing about Wyndham is you have 
a community health center, a great hospital. So there's going to be a lot of opportunity to get vaccinated, and it's really important to make that make that appointment, and either your health center or your hospital or health department can help you do that. I've heard reports from elsewhere in the country where sometimes people get the first shot, the first vaccine dose, and then they don't have enough for the second dose. What safeguards are in place in Connecticut to make sure that if you got the first dose, there's going to be enough for the second dose within the time frame you have to get that second shot? Oh, very good point, Wayne. And this is why now best practice is and these community um, clinics, that are being held at hospitals and uh, at senior centers like the ones I, and community health centers are making sure that people get their appointment for their second dose uh, right at the time they get their first dose. And they do that knowing that they will have a second dose available because we do have commitments from Moderna and Pfizer to do that. So, Make sure when you go and get your first dose that you ask about your appointment for dose number two. That way you will not have to have that stress that some people had at the beginning of the process, Wayne. And I think what we learned is best practice, get your second dose appointment when you're getting your first dose. And I know a few folks that are 65 to 74 who are chomping at the bit. They say, when is my turn going to come? And then the follow-up to that, Susan, is how will people be notified if they're 65 to 74 that they can get the vaccine? And then what procedure do they have to do to get the appointment to get the vaccine? Okay, and that is a very good question, and welcome to my life, because that is, you know, the top question that I, that our office is getting. I'm this age, I have this condition, I do this job, when's my turn? So for the 65 to 75-year-old to 74-year-old age range, or for the 16 to 64 age group, where you have people with pre-existing conditions. The governor announced yesterday that in a week or so, those folks can start making appointments. So you can go to the state's COVID-19 website to look for that. The governor has said it's in about a week, and, you know, he does daily or um you know, briefing several times a week. So just uh, listen for that. Also, you can call your local health department and tell them that you would like to get on their list for the 65, the 64 to 74 year old um, group. And then, Susan, the obvious follow up is what about for the folks 18 to 64? Is there any ballpark estimation? I don't want to pin you down on specific dates, but What's the thought about when they will get the call? Okay, so for the 16 to 64 who have pre-existing conditions, they can also start in a week. But for the people in that age range, 16 to 64, without any, you know, conditions that make you uh, more susceptible to COVID-19 complications, um, those folks are probably going to be later in the spring. 
because here's here's the issue, Wayne. In our state, the people in 1B, essential workers and the 65 to 74-year-old folks, um, and the 75 and up people, that's over a million people, right? So it's a third of our population. It's a big group. So it'll be a little bit before we get to the 18 to 64 age group who are healthy. Um, But the good news is uh, we vaccinated, as of yesterday, 459,000 people. I think we're going to be close to 500,000 by the end of the weekend. So we are the, the fourth best state in the country right now in terms of getting the vaccination out there. It's a good problem to have that people really do want to get the vaccine um, or the governor and I are really pleased that so many people want to get it because it's going to be key to giving us herd immunity. Um, it's just that we don't have the supply to get out all of, you know, to meet the demand. That's the problem. We literally could be doing 150,000 vaccinations a week, but we don't, we're not getting that supply from the federal government. That's the issue. And the governor told me this morning that one reason we dropped from three to four on that national ranking is because of the vaccines that were not administered thanks to the snowstorm earlier this week. But he also indicated that those will all be made up by the end of the week. So if you play the numbers game, is it safe to assume that we'll be back to number three pretty soon? Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, we are a little bit competitive. Um, You know, we want to make sure that we are getting out the vaccines as fast as we get them. Uh, And also, we're a little bit competitive on pizza. Yesterday, I was, and the day before, uh, we were having a good-natured argument about which state has the best pizza in the country, because one of the bills in the General Assembly is to make pizza the official food of our state. And New Jersey was taking issue with that. I told them to stick to pork rolls, because we've got six pizza places that the Daily Meal says um, are the best in the country, and they're all in Connecticut. Pet Sally's, Modern, um, Country Grill. We got we got some really great places in, in our state, so we should be talking about something happy, too. Pork rolls. There's two words I did not expect to come up with this morning with Susan Bysowich, our lieutenant governor. Susan, uh, Wyndham Hospital got $414,000 for the Coronavirus Relief Fund. Do you know how that money will be allocated? Um, yes. Yeah, so um, that money is coming from the federal government. The uh, governor announced yesterday that a total Connecticut was getting a total of $40 million um, dollars to distribute to hospitals that have really been suffering because of the pandemic. You know, a lot of hospitals stopped doing um, uh, voluntary procedures uh, because they wanted to focus on making sure we had the hospital beds and the bandwidth to deal with corona uh, patients when they were at the hospital. So this is meant to help the hospitals uh, keep going. A lot of hospitals also had to buy a whole lot of PPE equipment, um, and that uh, costs a lot. So uh, thank goodness 
um, hospitals like Wyndham and all over the state are getting some relief from the federal government. It is um, very much needed. Another topic which does pertain to the pandemic is that you've been involved in a relief program designed to provide cash grants to women entrepreneurs disproportionately impacted by the pandemic. Tell me how this works. Okay, so we're talking about uh, the Equity Match Grant Program for women-owned businesses. And uh, this was started, this effort was started by uh, me in conjunction with our Department of Economic and Community Development and the Women's Business Development Council uh, that helps women-owned small businesses. And here's why we did it, Wayne. We saw that 80% uh, of the businesses that received the PPP program funding were white-owned businesses, and 75% of the businesses that received SBA funding were men-owned businesses. So we saw this huge need to help women-owned businesses, which really got hit hard by the pandemic because women tend to own uh, restaurants, retail, and hospitality and travel-related businesses, which really got hit hard. So what I did was, um, I worked with Fran Pastori, and we raised um, $525,000 from private banks and individuals. And by the way, um, private banks made lots of money administering the PPP and IDLE funding. And so we were able to raise $525,000, which was matched dollar for dollar by our Department of Economic and Community Development. So we raised a million fifty thousand dollars, and so we are giving out grant money up to ten thousand dollars per business for businesses that have been hurt by the pandemic, that have that are owned by women, that have been been that have been in business for more than a year, and where there is an equity match of twenty five percent. So, in order to get ten thousand dollars. You have to invest $2,500 of your own money. So let's say you want to buy a piece of manufacturing equipment for $10,000. If you put $2,500 toward it, you'll get the $10,000 from this, this program. And you've actually raised money for this program? Oh, yes. And I want to thank our donors because they include banks like Webster, Liberty, Chelsea, Groton, um, Essex Savings Bank, Guilford Savings Bank, Ion Bank, First County Bank, M&T, Fairfield County Bank, uh, and other individual people who gave anywhere, anywhere weighing between $5,000 and $100,000. Uh, Webster was our first donor at $100,000, and they were a key um, piece of seed money because when we said to other banks, hey, Webster gave us 100000 can you help? No bank said no. Everybody stepped up in a really big way because they understand that our women-owned businesses are Main Street businesses um, that employ people, that 
spend almost all of their money right in their own communities and are great community volunteers and partners. So yesterday I visited a business in Milford. It's called Good Morning Cupcake, and let me tell you what a way to start your day by going to a cup a cupcake bakery. Better than pork rolls? Uh, well, absolutely better than pork rolls, um, and almost as good as pizza. Uh, and so this um, business owner, Adriana Robles, had used had had made an equity match, and so she was eligible and got funding to purchase. Um, larger pieces of equipment so that she could bake in her commercial kitchen in bigger batches uh, to meet the demand that she has. And so um, this is an amazing opportunity, and if people want to apply, they can either call the Women's Business Development Council in Stanford or our Department of Economic and Community Development, or visit their websites and get more details about how to apply, because we'd love to have businesses in eastern Connecticut benefit. And lastly, Susan, tell me about Code for Good, the Lieutenant Governor's annual computing challenge that invites students in grades 3 to 12 to design a new technology app. That's right. So our first coding challenge was last year, and we put it out literally in May, and we had 500 students join us to compete in that challenge last year, and they came up with a lot of great ideas to deal with COVID-19 and help keep people healthy. So this year, uh, we've asked students to give us ideas about how to tackle a problem that they see in their community using an app or a computer program. And so uh, their project could be related to COVID. It could relate to food insecurity. It could relate to uh, issues of addiction or isolation. It's whatever... um, good the individual student chooses. We are hoping instead of getting hundreds of uh, entries like we did last year, we're hoping to get thousands this year. And every, every school district in the state, public and every private and public school in our state has been notified. Um, you can go to um, LG Susan B's website, or you can go to the State Department of Education website to get details. So, Wyndham students from third grade through 12th, please uh, think about how you can uh, benefit people in your community and design an app to help. Matter of fact, Miguel Cardona, the State Department of Education Commissioner, who is up for Secretary of Education in the U.S., part of that plan as well. And the deadline to submit entries, April 30th. Susan, always good to catch up with you, and I look forward to the day we can get you back here in the studio and not be talking on the phone. But thank you for coming to Wyndham today. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it, Lane. Connecticut Lieutenant Governor Susan Bysowich on 14 WILI might add also that the mercury is at or above freezing. It's gone up a little bit in the last half hour, and that's good news when the rain begins to fall more steadily later on.